lame middle of the road. Now, Ryan Reynolds quickly slipped him the flush. Now he's going to fold. Oh, goes, hey, you know, oh that's another bad. Look at it. Oh. Ryan Reynolds now knows what's going on. And he knows he has a winner because he did check the numbers before because he's an asshole. He's like, congratulations, here's your money. Here you go. Here's your tickets. Hope you have a winner. Redial. Ooh, this movie is so free everything. Free cell phones. You got cassettes. You got... uh, Yeah, wireless phone is the most modern thing in the apartment. Now, what's going on here... Is hey, oh, up, yeah, uh, there's Coop. Coop, Jeff, Jeff Probst. What's going on here is he was having second thoughts, like Avery deserves his ticket, but Ryan Reynolds now knows it's worth the money, so Ryan slipped him the flush. So now he's uh, Tepper is calling up and the pretending cops. that nobody won the lottery. The car of uh, why at first, there's like a I'm well, he's saying give... the building's no longer on lockdown. Right. All right. You can Look go home. The... James was just like, That's... thank you, Robert. I'll see you at the Hallmark movie channel uh, movie Reunion. shoot yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. See you on the set tomorrow for the next movie. Oh, did you take that role? Of course. I'm James. Of course. I took all the roles. I yeah, said yes. I answer the phone. Well, yeah, because, you know, Forrester did have a career resurgence. Like, you know, he was like a face on TV. He was a star. You know, yeah. he, he had a series. But along come Bronson. But, you know, like, we don't know along come Bronson. That wasn't in syndication. No. That but was in, you, you know, know Medium Cool. I do know Medium Cool. And he was good at that. Yeah. Now, do you remember the Disney film The Black Hole in 79? He was in. I saw that in the theater with my brother. Uh huh. Listen to me. I'm giving so much personal information on this show. Your brother, Adam. Yeah, who's made in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, shout out, dude. Uh, He was in the horrible film Alligator in 1980. That kind of doesn't count. He was in the horrible film The Delta Force with. Uh, He um, was in the horrible film The Psycho Remake, where it was word by word. And he comes in the end and gives this long kind of speech that uh, in a Hitchcock movie even felt weird, 1960. Mm-hmm. And he gives this speech about, well, maybe Norman Bates thought this. And uh, it's just so bizarre. He pulled it off, but, you know. Oh! Now, he wasn't... Right. Ryan Reynolds knows that he has the winning lottery ticket. So he just, bang, hit him on the head. It's out of nowhere. Yeah. Listen, I'm telling you, this movie should have been through through James Earl Jones's eyes, like his character. You're very adamant about that, and I think until I agree, you're going to continue to bring it up. It never occurred to me. But don't you think it would be exciting? Like suddenly the star gets hit over the head by a bottle by yes. the blue. Yes, I. You do. know, that's like I, full fiction when he goes in the uh, antique shop and it winds up being the sodomy thing. You know, so he was called nine one one and. And Ryan Reynolds ripped it out of the wall. <laughs> Again, the this is ticket. like a, he's got the winning ticket. I guess they're all Gen Xers. Yeah. No, they're young millennials, I guess, because they don't have phones and they still they live by the phone on the wall. Like I got to rip it out. I got to hit redial. You know, like yeah, it's two thousand one. Are they Gen Xers or the young millennials? Millenni- yeah, uh, uh, I would say young millennials. How about that? 
Okay, so I think Google will tell us. No, no, because you, you would figure the generation before was 91 with the war, with the Iraq war then. Define millennials' generation. Oh, don't do it. Why not? It's just a year. Uh, who were born between the 1980s and early 2000s. There you go. You were born in 80. This film is 2018. Wait, this is, yeah, it's also called Gen Y. Okay, yeah, these are millennials. Gen Y, right. Gen Y didn't really stick. 80, 90, 2000. If you're 20 years old in 2000, you were the first Gen Xer. You would be, you would be like, yeah, you'd be on borderline. Well, if you're uh, born in 1980, you're a Gen Xer. Does that sound right? No, yeah, I think born you... in 1980 through 94 is the Gen, is the millennium, is the millennium. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are millennials that we're looking at. So they were still in transition. We were all, this is all before the internet bullshit. Yeah, and internet was what, 94? Yeah, it was in the 90s. But this this is a one man, this is a, you know, one room boiler. Don't they in the sitcoms, they call that a bottle episode where they have all the characters in one location for the Yeah, I don't know if it's called a bottle episode. I'm not that sharp, but, but that's the- But you do remember- right? Uh, all in the family speaking of all in the family where the he was in the elevator and the woman who gave birth and uh they were stuck on that was the whole episode oh okay now carly carla carly the actress oh name yeah is, the actress's name is carly pope but it's carla in the film she's a canadian totally canadian but anyway she's downstairs saying it's time for our date you know buzz me in but he oh. can't buzz him in because he just assaulted. This is the woman he's going to ask to marry tonight. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. So he's also hosting a, a poker game, a 90-minute poker game before he proposes to his girlfriend? Why? The answer is yes, but you're saying that like. Yeah. A poker game goes on for at least six hours. You know, no, you have... no, it was it, that's that was set up at the beginning that tonight's a short game because I. We're doing it because it's our weeknight, but I'm asking around. So she's like, not getting the response. And she's saying, you know, like, like, I'm always leading us. I kissed you first. I asked you out. You don't take the initiative with anything. You never say you love me. She's like really giving it to him, but in a nice way. She, he's doing, she's doing this through a loudspeaker that everyone in the room hears. Yep. She doesn't know everyone's there, but yes. I know because this is like a weird part of our lives where technology didn't take over, where you have a ring and phone and you could look and she could look in the ring to see them. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. now look, that, that scene right there, you yeah. already saw it. It's the exact same scene, but it's a yellow umbrella, white umbrella. Well, that internet was wrong. I mean, the umbrella's white in the top and black at the bottom. It never changes color. It was white. It was black on the top. No. Oh, Carl, this is the same story we have with Nelson Mandela. Uh, Mandela was oh. alive. And was, he was fucking president of South Africa, right? After he got out of jail. Yeah. I hate when people say I, the Mandela effect. Nelson Mandela's. I read that in the Berenstein's. In the Berenstein Bears, yeah. I read Berenstein that. Bears. People always say, oh, yeah, they're Jewish, man. Their last name is spelled like a Jewish guy. 
no man they're fucking morgan christians of bernstein bears they're all like bernstein bear goes door to door you know or like bernstein yeah, they're jews for jesus they're jews yeah hug strangers at the airport i mean it was definitely not like a jewish they never had like you know dress up as maccabees for the holidays they're just you know there's a straight up like <laughs> at one point the series any at one point popular culture series gets religion right i mean they used to like archie used to have like born again christian comics or they would have like religious kind of theme yeah guess, you know, and there is a niche market and i'm not i i actually enjoy that market and i'm glad that there is entertainment for people and i'm not trying to be condescending to the to church entertainment i dig it you know i dig the whole mega mega church stuff but i also dig spiritual films or aim you know if you're religious you don't really want to watch you know red notice on on netflix it's a uh -huh. little so you do but you do want to watch entertainment and it, sometimes it gets exploited into bad films like saving christmas but on the other hand you might get a decent film or something like you could sit through you know like i actually have to say left behind with nicholas cage is 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 tolerable you know the story carries through and as a yeah GM, that's the one on the airplane when the yeah disappear. disappear. Yeah. kirk cameron did it right and i yeah. think we did that we did uh, do that absolutely and we did saving christmas yeah great you know, this, you well, know i missed behind the headline <clears throat> yeah i missed a headline last time we watched um gosh what did we film last time on saving uh, it came out on Christmas Day, and I didn't tell you. I found that in my research, and I was all ready to tell oh, you. Oh, wow. Well, just let me know, because as, as we love on this show, our films that are released. Oh, American Day. Werewolf in Paris. It was released Christmas Day. Yeah, perfect movie for it, right? Yep. Not memorable. You got to get out of the house Christmas Day. You got your presents. Mm -hmm. your, your, your relatives are on your nerves. You just got to get out. I was once doing, I was a Christian comedian for a short time and I was in front of the congregation and I was like, God so loved the world that he flooded it and killed everybody. They're like, wow. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't was okay because he promised he'd never do it again. <laughs> oh, I killed. Oh man, did they call me like an old school comedian when I perform at the churches? Because all my jokes were written about the, the Old Testament. Uh-huh. Yeah, nothing from the New Testament. Michael is so Jewish. We went salmon fishing. He caught locks. <laughs> yeah, locks of it. <laughs> locks and locks. Of it. I was like, how did you even do that, Mike? Did you say, like, what kind of bait and tackle did you bring? I go, well, I brought uh, bagels and cheese <laughs> and red onion slices. And, and what about your tackle? Oh, this is, a, this is a Detroit Lions player. Okay, so... What's happening now is he's having a crisis of conscience and he's saying, we're not splitting the money. We're not killing Avery. We're not going to keep him alive and split the money. It's his ticket and I'm giving it to him. And, the, and Wait a minute. Lillard is saying this after? No. No. Our hero, Pepper, Our is hero. saying it. Pepper. And for the first time, Fishman and Quigley are united together. They're like, bullshit. We're taking that money. Right. See, two gets one. We're splitting it. Sam Rainey directs this movie. He has all the characters playing off each other in a cabin. You don't think that's going to be entertaining? I Like a, a simple plan or like movies, you know, like it's, I'm, I, I think Jeff Fruits did a fine job, but, you know, don't quit your day job necessarily. You know, this is fine. <laughs> Why would you quit your day job when it's Survivor? He yeah. went on to do a 2014 movie called Kiss Me. 
<clears throat> oh, Besame. He was both the uh, director and producer. So, was he, uh, what was his cameo? Like a, a picture on the. Yeah, that's right. Post okay. office. Who's at the door? Who's at the door? Forrester. Gotta get the last Yay. word in. He goes, remember he called 911 when he got hit? And he goes, so Forrester's like, God damn you kids. I just finished two double shifts. After a long week, I got daughters waiting that want to spend some quality time. I was almost home. Can you call 911? <laughs> he just Rose, said, what, what happened? And he starts to laugh, right? Well, he plays it off. He goes, no, I panicked and called 911. I shouldn't have done it. And he goes, hey, we're just fooling around. I took a knock on the head. This idiot panics. Calls 911. A knock in the head, right? There's like a broken bottle. Yeah. So he's like, you guys are wasting my time. Goodbye. Break up. The, there you go. But you go. our hero, Tepper, duh, says that ah. something illegal is going on here. He says, I've got this winning lottery ticket. It belongs to Avery. Would you please see to it that he gets home safely? Oh, he's going to say, you're pulling my, you're yanking my cord. Right? You're pulling my... You're like, yanking my chain. Yeah, you're yanking my chain. You're pulling my... You're tugging my penis. So he pulls out the lottery ticket and says, take it. Here it is. So it's interesting. What Forrester does, and I guess I should call him Officer Campbell because it's a movie, but <laughs> what he does is he says, I'm going home to my daughter's, screw you guys, but I am here to serve and protect. So I'm gonna take this, put it in stolen pro property, and you can claim it on Monday morning, Mr. Phillips. And he, well, that, he knows it's the winning ticket. Oh no, wait a minute. So this white cop is taking this black man's winning ticket? No, Michael. No, what's, so what's gonna happen? Well, skip the white black stuff for Christ's sake. Come on, you got Forrester and, and drums. I'm sure the the Listen, the this white man is giving the black man his lottery winnings, isn't he? Well, I don't know. Maybe in the sequel he doesn't give it to him. <laughs> Maybe in the sequel. <laughs> in this film, our hero, the white guy, right, gives the black guy because you want to say everything's white and black. His James winning Earl, lottery Mr. ticket, Mr. James Earl Jones. His yeah. winning lottery ticket. What a great race we are. Well, I mean, do, don't you think if this movie was made now, that would, this would be the issue? No. All right. Forster does have that face, though. Like, when he plays cops, it's like uh -huh. this kind of neutral. He always plays cops and army guys. Oh, well, I'm trying to think of a whimsical film he did. Okay, I got a list here. Can you can you do you have a list like after he did Jackie Brown the films? Yeah, but only the ones I cared about. Yeah, that's perfect. Jackie Brown, he goes me myself and Irene Mulholland Drive, one of those Charlie Angels. Cops, cop. Um, yeah, he's Mulholland Drive. He was Detective Harry McKnight. You're right. Me myself and Irene. He was Colonel Partington. A lucky number eleven. He was a thug. Um, oh, great movie. Thickest Thieves. He was Lieutenant Sam Weber. Olympus has fallen. He was General Edward Clegg. I mean, you're right. Yeah. Oh, General, there's, there's that. Yeah. Okay, guys, see what I did? Yeah, I did the yeah. right thing. 
He goes, tell me you didn't do it. And he goes, I did the right thing. But these guys are going to get away with it, right? Like, they're not going to... Do you think James Earl Jones will press charges? Like, this guy smashed the bottle on my No, head? he doesn't. He just wants his winnings to get the fuck out. I guess, yes. See, if he was the star of this movie, we would know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hitting a wall on this one. Yeah, well, yeah. It been, okay, I see your point of view. It would have been neat to tell it from his uh, perspective. Right, and, because uh, like, I see myself in that position where, like, uh, the viper's den. Yeah, like all my dreams are 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 stuck in a viper's den, and I have to go in there and get it and, and uh -huh. get it out alive. And I suddenly realize that I won six million dollars, and I have to get out of there with the ticket. Like that's the it reason would have been an there. excellent film. And um, thank you, Carl. Yeah, you know what? It would be really cool if you get the exact same actors and everything. Is James Earl Jones with us? He, I don't think he. <laughs> He passed away, I believe. Oh, darn. I don't know. Well, then I should check. So he's like, call Carla, explain why you didn't get the thing, and go marry her. And Fishman is out. Do you Quickly think he's gonna... got his heart broke, man. You don't want to be a fucking skunk and kill a guy. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They're going to let him off easy, right? Ah, uh, Reynolds. He will not pay for hitting him on the head with the wine bottle, no. So do you think they'll have a poker game next week, Carl? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. And I don't think Avery will be there. No, I don't think Avery. I, it, that, would be a, that would be a great movie. If Avery's invited and, and joins their poker game. Mm-hmm. And becomes a regular. Yeah. Okay, so now he's giving Avery his coat to leave. And there's, he's like, I appreciate what you tried to do. You tried to do the right thing and give me the ticket. But he goes, look, dun da da here's your bloody ticket. He gotcha. gave the cop the wrong one. He did it so that Fishman and Quigley would think that there's no point anymore in staying there and trying to steal a ticket. So now James Earl Jones freaks out. Huh. Now he's acting. Well, he gets uh, this is how the movie wraps up. Yep. What a good guy. He's vicariously living through James Earl Jones's um, happiness right now. Well, he did. <laughs> I guess the story, his story, the point of this movie is that uh, he did the wrong thing by swapping the ticket, and the and the and then he has to go suffer the consequences, and ultimately his he does the right thing. Right, and the same thing will be happening now. He's going to get on the phone with Carla. He's going to get her voicemail, and he's going to say, "I love you," and he's going to explain himself. You know, he gets like the voice machine. God, this movie is in a time machine. And also, just they can't have like a scene where they talk in a different location. Look, another mixtape. Yeah, I know. These CDRs. He burned it. Tepper. That's his name, Tepper and Carla. 
There's Carla's picture. Now he's going to call up Carla, leave a message and I'll call you back. Yo, bitch, you're the best, you're the best broad I own. I never told you before. Oh, they don't even get her in the scene. They just have the voicemail. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Because it's not about her and him and their relationship. It's about his change. Yeah, but it's also about a budget where they just stay in the room and wrap the film up. Oh, no, no, this has to be a twist ending, right? Who's knocking at the door? That's right. That's right, Michael. You're so sharp. Who's knocking at the door? I didn't. Didn't I just say like an hour ago that uh, uh, James Earl Jones? Hi, I'm Avery Phillips. You called my brother-in-law about a ticket about my about my wallet. Oh, and there's the metro. See, he wasn't a retired uh, airplane, whatever. Avery, it says on his. Yeah, listen. That's obvious. The thing. (laughs) No, but here's what I don't understand. And this was what doesn't make sense in the movie. If the, how would Avery know that, right? Because the brother-in-law, Victor, wouldn't tell Avery, I found, this guy found your wallet and I'm going to go steal your lottery ticket. Well, he called the number and oh. his friend picked up the phone and he said, yeah, sure. I am the guy. Oh, yeah. Wait, but he, so he, he found out the lottery ticket was a winner after he told his brother-in-law avery i guess yeah <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen these are questions to ponder uh carl what do you think of this movie uh i thought this movie was just okay but i mean it wasn't really the right movie for your film because for it wasn't really the right movie for your podcast because it was not a broken down train wreck that you need a friend to watch with you well, it was kind of a, well, it could have been a train wreck. You had the host of the most popular reality show of all time, mm-hmm. Race and Directs, a one location uh, thing with some, by the way, I have to apologize. If I said that Ozzie Davis was married to James Earl Jones, I don't know why I even said that. Uh, but, but, That's a guy. You mean the, the what? Well, uh, well, so the spouses are, are Julianne Mayer. They divorced in 72. Okay. And uh, Cecilia Hart. They were married in 82. She passed away in, in 2016. Very uh, suspicious. And so, but I I, uh, I do apologize. It must be this coffee I'm drinking that I'm just spouting out words. <laughs> but uh, he he's still alive, James Earl Jones. According oh, to he's great. Wikipedia. Mike, Mike, we have to pitch yes. Survivor Dude on this exact same film, but through the eyes of James Earl Jones. I think he would do it. Listen, I think it's a great idea because and look, let's have them call up uh call up Avery and tell them, then find out the numbers of winner. Then well, so run listen, over. Now that I'm sorry, yeah, the tell them, I, I just realized. No, I'm sorry, Carla, I cut you off. Oh, whatever. No, I'm fine. All right. Well, I, sir. I, if, I just like your idea, and I think we should run for well, run now that I know it. the twist ending, now that I actually watched the entire movie, uh does that ruin it? No, because what he did was he pretended to be the Avery. He pretended yeah. to be the other guy. And yeah. then uh, so he, he took the money. So yeah. let's say it's a film, and I can see Bill Pullman or, uh, play this role. Uh, the dad, Bill Pullman? Okay. Well, like, no, the idea is that, so James Earl Jones uh, has a f- friend who, okay. who's, whose brother-in-law always bets on his granddaughter's 
uh, you know, his friend's niece's uh, birthday. So he always knows, and he always says the same thing. And these guys all hang around. So he knows that he bets on it. So he, he overhears Victor. Right. So, but, or maybe Victor talks about it. Maybe there's a scene where they're all friends and all three of them are, uh, uh, are betting on the lottery. And he's like, oh, you're betting on 10, 23, 91, your granddaughter's birthday. Yeah. And, 9-11. Oh, hey, I'm going to go check the five o'clock airing of the number reveal. And then, so he sees it, see, realizes it's the birth date. And he's like, oh, shit, he has it. I'm going to have to kill Avery or something. And Avery's like, I lost my wallet. And now, so he's not going to kill him. And the, the thing is gone. What's he going to do? Suddenly the phone rings. Right. It's Tepper saying, hey, I got your wallet. And he's like, oh, yeah, I am Avery. I'll be right over. And he goes. <laughs> and unbeknownst, so he thinks he, he, so there's the motive, the reason for him to go to the stranger's house. He's okay. going to try to get a $6 million lottery ticket out of him. Easy peasy. The movie's over. However, unbeknownst to him, Matthew Lillard and uh, Alanis Morris's ex have a, you know, catch our, and, and Ryan Reynolds and this other guy, this other guy swapped out, gave him the wrong lottery ticket, right? Maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't have a chance to check the wallet and he finally does and it's not the ticket, you know? Okay. And then uh, he plays cards and, He's trying to pretend to be Avery. That's the conflict there. And these guys are trying to do what we saw them do. Uh, you know, cheat. he's trying to avoid bringing up lottery tickets. He brings out, here's a card. Uh, it's, it's Dieter. Yeah, once you get out of the house. No, Derek Jeter, not Dieter. Yeah, it's Dieter. The baseball okay. player Dieter. Okay. Yeah, and then so, and then he realizes that, no, wait a minute, I got the wrong ticket. He's in the bathroom. And then the other guy's in the bathroom. Maybe we get a point of view for all the characters. And he does that card swap. And then the other character comes in and steps on the card. So they're all doing these different things. So now it's set in motion and you don't know who's going to get the ticket. And then, yeah, maybe you have like Robert Forrester, or I guess, since he did pass away and he was married to Ozzy Davis. Oh, right. He can't yeah. be in the film. But, but I'm saying like, well, there'll be a different guy, right? Okay. But, yeah. But I mean, like he shows up and then it plays itself out. <coughs> And then at the end, maybe the real Avery walks up the steps. Okay. And that's when the film ends. Like he sees James Earl Jones walking away with the ticket, getting away with it. And uh, maybe it, the it maybe, itself. maybe Tepper is watching, like he's watching from the <laughs> door. And then he gets shot by the old lady and he, he gets shot in the head and the camera goes straight close up to the head. And then the letters DN uh, show up in 70s font. And then the movie abruptly ends. You should yeah. be in Probst's office right now. Oh, I should. Uh, you'll be like, listen, buddy, if you want to be on my reality show, you got to go through the process. No, no, I, I want you to write another movie. I want yeah. you to direct another film. I want you to make a film. sequel. I'm here for the sequel. All right, well, that's my feel for this movie. Very uh, nice. Yeah, we, it needs to be remade It had, right, immediately. To the view of James Earl Jones. Uh, well, I hope you enjoyed the movie as much as we did. That was, of course, Finder's Fee from yeah. 2001. Uh, good old New York City film shot in Canada. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver. Vancouver. Let's make uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Is a production of Carl. My friend makes the good song. He does the, the, the production. He gets it out to the station. Uh, does the interviews, does the research. Labor of love. Labor of love. So we'll be back next week 
we hope to see you there. Uh, thank you, Muni Radio. Thank you, audience. Thank you, audience. We finally saw our numbers. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank Next you. Week. Yeah. All right. Later. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Friend, I wrote this song. Uh, my turn ons are satin sheets and ways champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full length movie on you. Good evening and welcome. It is 6 p.m. here in the Michigan District in San Francisco. I am your host, Perkins Warbeck, back from the insurrection, which was not successful. I am back to host my lovely Gates of Delirium as back as the original host. I've been away for a few weeks, but I'm happy to be back with you to bring you two hours of scintillating and scorching and sometimes pastoral progressive rock and roll we are listening here at mutinyradio.fm and i am with my cohort and technical wizard pamelita benjamin pamelita benjamin who is the guiding soul, the guiding spirit between behind our efforts here at MutinyRadio.fm to bring the truth to the people, whatever the truth may be. The people are in dire need of truth. And so I'm doing my little part here as Perkins Warbeck at Gates of Delirium, bringing them the truth of aesthetic excellence in the field of rock and roll. Tonight we have... An amazing variety of things to bring you. I'm going to start with a fan favorite from way back in 1971. This is Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start.
That was Steve Hackett. Of Genesis fame. We're waiting for the next one to pop in. Let's go. Let's go here. Before that, we heard two from Steve from Popol Vu, my favorite Belgian band. Formed in 1971, put out a few albums. A couple of long German titles. I won't uh, bore you with the details. You're listening to The Gates of Delirium. I'm your host, Perkins Warbeck. And I'll be bringing you the truth of the truth here this evening at MutinyRadio.fm. Tell your friends you're about to hear the unvarnished truth. It's about to be uncovered, blown apart. One prog song at a time. You're listening to Hydria Space Folk. This is Sindrin Rastafan here at Mutiny Radio.
Listening to Wobbler, Norwegian, Prague Rock, 
That was Konyid Konjiyagi, a Japanese band from Japan with a title I cannot pronounce. But that was some uh, that was some pretty angular and jagged sounds. Well, on the challenging side, but uh, nothing normal, nothing complacent here at the gates of delirium. Crazier the better. We're gonna tee up two from Jethro Tull right now. Ring out Solstice Bells is playing. It was the number one song in Great Britain in 1977. And we're going to follow that up with another classic from Jethro Tull, Velvet Green. Both of them from the Songs from the Wood album, 1977. Here on the Gates of Delirium. Join together neither
to be taking the air, sitting walking on velvet green, walking on velvet green, distant cows loudly, never again, with your legs in the air, loving walking on velvet green.
tell me. Contrary, Mr. Pym, you think what we want you to think, and only what we want you to think. Spasmodic ecstasy. Get up. Get off the ground.
We just listened to Yezda Urfa with a track entitled Three, Almost Four, Six, Yay. Yezda Urfa is a band from the 70s that was described as a cross between Yes and Gentle Giant. They put out two albums in the mid-70s and then disappeared into the ether. Still a record of them remains. And we enjoy them to this day. My name is Perkins Warbeck. I am the host of The Gates of Delirium. This is the 14th show of a series that delves deeply into progressive rock and associated genres. I'm coming to you from the sprawling state-of-the-art studios of Mutiny Radio here in the heart of the Mission District of San Francisco, California. USA, the West is the best. We're listening to Gentle Diet right now, Aspirations, from their 1975 album, The Power and the Glory.
We're continuing with the magical theme here with progressive rock from the 1970s, where the magical and the pastoral is woven into the, the warp and weave of the sound of the music in such creative ways. This is Griffin, one such band, formed in 1971 at the Royal College of Music. This is Second Spasm from their album Red Queen to Griffin 3. Griffin 3 to Red Queen. Griffin. Be that as it may, you are listening to The Gates of Delirium. I am Perkins Warbeck.
This is something we should call Excerpts from Octopus. Starts off with a song called The Boys in the Band. We're going to continue along with Gentle Giant here, live. Excerpts from Octopus, the Octopus album, 1976.
can, she can, she can, she can, she whatever, whatever. You may know what I don't know, I can check on you, so you will. She wants him to get 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 him